Raindrop, fresh hops, brewing up beer in the metal box. Skirt. Brewing up beer with my hops, hops, hops. hops. All you other brewers are thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. We came from nothing to something, man. Ha. We went to homebrew in paradise, man. <laughs> we would, went to homebrew in paradise. Skirt. We talked to Bill and this shit is nice. Homebrew in paradise. 740 Mo'ova'a Street, Kalihikai. Check it out. Episode number seven. Number seven. Lucky number seven. Uh, seven eleven. Seventh heaven. That's all the sevens I can think of. Seven eleven. I know you already said it, but seven eleven. Seven twice, man. Seven twice. You know, one of the things about Hawaii that really surprised me is seven sure. eleven uh, here. Their game is so much stronger than seven eleven anywhere else. Like, well, what about uh, what about the seven eleven in Tokyo? Oh, uh, shoot, that one yeah. was dope. But I mean, like, compared to the mainland, you mean? Yeah, dude, mainland like Seven Eleven is gonna sell you like, like a freeze dried turd, Meth. and and then here it's like, we've you can get like a full lunch from Seven Eleven. It's like respectable. It's good. Like, it's decent. I mean, you know, you wouldn't want to eat it every day, yeah, but like you can get like a hand roll sushi. You can get like your tapeworm would thank you though if you ate it every day. Yeah, like you, it, it's like it's not the worst stuff no. in the world. Like if if you go to Seven Eleven where I'm from, it's yeah. like. You're gonna get like uh, like a cup full of vomit and like a uh, herpes sore, and that's all they'll give you for food. But here you can get spamuspi, you can get manapua, you, you can get, get everything. Lunch, you can get yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I'm, I'm I'm very impressed, and it's all very cheap. And I'm I'm sure the ingredient quality could be higher, but you know, preemptive shout out to you, Seven Eleven. Hey, they're doing, they're doing, they're doing it big. Yeah. So what, Ryan, what'd you do this week? Well, Monday I played ultimate frisbee with the incredibly welcoming and fun hawaii ultimate league association community here did that also on does Wednesday. that stand does that acronym come out to hula is that it correct does come out to hula <sighs> yeah you howlers hey look a hawaiian made that made the name colonizer <laughs> anyways uh did that monday and wednesday and uh what i do friday had my favorite palhana happy hour spot that's uh chin chin up on the roof Shout, shout out Alan Akau from episode three and Saisamoa Great Price True. Wait, that was last week. That was also this week. You guys, I thought you weren't at Chinchin though. You went to Garrett's then. We did both. Oh, yeah. shit. So went to... Part Chin- of my language. That was fine. Went to Chinchin, uh, had a drink, got the French blonde. Shout out again, Chinchin. And uh, then we headed over to our friend Garrett Halladier's place at the Real Office Center's really cool loft space in shout downtown slash Chinatown. Uh, area of Honolulu and uh, Garrett is from Texas and brought back 30 pounds of brisket and before I knew it like everyone I knew from law school was there and we had a pretty pretty raging party I'm sorry I missed it it's okay you're a little under the weather yeah so uh, so what I did this week earlier this week at the state capitol there was a like a flu shot measles mumps rubella like basically like you get shots you get shots you get shots and Mm -hmm. I thought oh this would be great you know I will uh, I needed to get a flu shot. Uh, mumps is back in Hawaii, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, like, couldn't hurt to get that Don't updated. Don't get a mump, yeah. Um, I still needed, I needed like, the round two of my hep A from that time we went to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So, I figured, oh, I'll just get it all knocked out. Uh, shout out to Jenny McCarthy. I, I now have autism. Ah, yeah. I thought you seemed different. Yeah. So, I mean... You know, don't vaccinate your kids. No, I'm please absolutely for the love of God, vaccinate your kids. So I was able to this will it'll it'll pay off in a few months when I don't get the mumps. Sure. Um basically my immune system has been freaking out ever since I popped those three needles in my body. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually like I feel okay. I'm not contagious, but I probably look and sound a little 
like doo-doo. I, I, I don't think you look like doo-doo. Oh, you're sweet. I, I don't think you sound like doo-doo. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think about those vaccines, it's like, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, autism. Like, obviously, vaccines don't cause autism. They're like, you know, a deep state where you control get, your mind. Where'd you get your medical degree? <laughs> Infowars University? That's what, uh, I, you should be so lucky as to be uh, led into the prestigious Alex Jones Institute of Medicine. If for only a thousand easy payments of $49,000. Yeah. What a joke. Uh, Let's drop it. Drop. I'm trying to tell the world I'm nothing to be trifled with. Staying hotter than some rifles. So we're going to do a quick news and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to talk to our good buddy, Rafino Magliba, who, about his journey from Waimanalo to Washington. Waimanalo to the White House. And some of the new work he's doing. Uh, he never made it to the White House. I think he went on the White House tour, probably. That's true. Waimanalo to the White House, y'all. Uh, and then he's going to talk to us about some of the work his nonprofit is doing uh, with education on the neighbor islands, making sure Hawaii's cakey get access to the best technology possible so they can learn. It's some good stuff. What a badass dude. All right. Also, we're starting a new segment this week. Yes. More on that in a minute. We're really excited to share it with you. And uh, we will be taking another mailbag question. And uh, yeah, let's do News in Nine. All right. News in Nine, starting in three, two, one. Go. Top story is the West Virginia teacher strike. Every public school in the state of West Virginia is closed down currently as teachers are striking for uh, better pay and benefits. Pay your Uh, teachers more. Teachers on average in West Virginia make about $31,000, and they just received notice that their health insurance premiums were going up $300 per month. That's an increase, or sorry, that would make a total of 10% of their pay dedicated to health insurance premiums. But it's okay because they, they what did they get offered? A raise of 88 cents a month or something like that? 88 cents every two days, so every about $2 a week. So that, those numbers don't really add up. Seems like they're not trickling down like they should. Huh. Also... There's a little bit of a snafu with the NRA in Georgia. Uh-huh. After Delta changed their position on firearms in wake of the Parkland shooting, the NRA has used their lobbying forces in the state of Georgia to get a very onerous tax cut repealed, or should I say not extended, for Delta. It's about a $50 million impact on Delta's bottom line after Delta said that they were no longer going to offer a ticket discount to NRA cardholding members. This after conservatives are outraged, acting as if, they're being discriminated against saying because they don't know, get a discount anymore saying why don't they you know pull discounts from liberal groups like planned parenthood to which delta has never offered a discount right. delta upon further instruction from cnn to do a little digging found out that only 15 people had ever used that discount in history but the state of georgia legislature melted down lost their minds took away this 50 million dollar tax break so just remember anytime a free market conservative tells you it's about the free market it's all bullcrap it's not about the free market no Definitely not. Donald Trump, our big, brave orange president, rips Florida deputies for not going into school to confront school shooter Nicholas Cruz. He says, I really believe I'd run in there, even if I didn't have a weapon. If you honestly believe Donald Trump would have done that. You're a sucker. You're a sucker. He also suggested, quote, some kind of rating system for movies and video games. If only something like that existed. Jeez. Okay. And... Florida legislators don't have any money for schools. Can't give people a raise. But they passed a $67 million bill, budget bill, creating a statewide program to train and arm teachers. AKA a $67 million giveaway to gun manufacturers. 
reports from HUD, Ben Carson really, quote, draining the swamp. Uh, turns out he spent $31,000 on a new dining room table in his office at the same time they're cutting housing for poor people. The That's worst fun. part is you know that after seeing government furniture, it's probably a really shitty table. The Communist Party of China has announced plans to abolish presidential term limits, clearing the way for head of state Xi Jinping to essentially serve as president for the rest of his life. Hopefully Donnie doesn't get any ideas. Also, Vladimir Putin restarting the Cold War in an emotional speech uh, and every year, kind of like our State of the Union, Putin gives a national speech on Russian TV. He declares that Russia's not, basically not going to take it anymore and they're developing new nuclear weapons that will overcome any American defense. Donald Trump, of course, has not said anything, but this isn't really news because the Russian Federation has been able to destroy the United States if they wanted to, basically since about 1970, so don't sweat it too much. Steel tariffs. Donald Trump dodged the draft five times, but he decided he really wants a trade war, so he's announced new tariffs of 25% on imported steel and 10% on imported aluminum. Markets are tanking around the world and Republicans are furious. This is what it took for the Wall Street Journal to finally call out Donnie. Also, shout out Spencer Ackerman on Twitter at Attackerman. Quote, imagine thinking to yourself, sure, my boss praised violent white supremacists as very fine people, but steel tariffs? That's the last goddamn straw. Our country. Historian and geneal genealogist Antoinette Harrell has uncovered cases of African Americans still living as slaves a hundred years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. This is an interesting story. Uh, obviously, it's abhorrent and disgusting, but I had heard stories about this growing up in Alabama. Somebody had told me this before, and I didn't believe them. And I did some research and found some less than credible sources that were corroborating it. And I'd been telling people it was a true story for for several years since. In Mississippi Delta, right? In Mississippi Delta Slave, region. Slaves up until the 1960s? 1970s. 1970s. Yeah. Jesus. And, uh, I remember telling, I think I told you yeah, several years ago. And I remember there was probably some incredulity yeah. accompanying that story. No, surely not. And, uh, surely not. Not in America. Now I feel somewhat incredibly disgusted and ashamed of the Southern United States. And I also feel somewhat vindicated. How much time we got? We are at... About three and a half minutes. Perfect. Okay, one last national story. New developments in the FBI's investigation into college basketball. Yahoo Sports has released several documents relating to a federal investigation into bribery, racketeering, and bank fraud. According to Sports Illustrated Daniels Rappaport, some of the schools implicated are traditional heavyweights like Louisville, Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Arizona, Miami, Texas, USC, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, Alabama, San Diego State, and Auburn University. We are not a traditional heavyweight, and we are lily white, and I won't hear anything else about it. No mention of Hawaii implicated. Shout out to Coach Aaron Gannat for running a tight ship. And no one wants to play for us. That's not true. Two and a half minutes. I'm, my feelings are hurt now. Local news. Uh, Governor's race, former state senator and Office of Hawaiian Affairs board chair Clayton He has thrown his hat into the ring. There are a few ideological differences right now between the three Democratic candidates. He is going to differentiate himself by attacking the mismanagement of the rail project. And his colorful personality will certainly make things interesting. Rick DeSog in Hawaii News Now had more. Clayton, he is planning on, he wants to legalize recreational marijuana, which would, which would raise hundreds of millions of dollars. He wants to consider a multi-state lottery. And he says, the millennials, more than any other group of people, are taking it in the shorts, in my opinion. Retirees have a retirement, but it's going to be soon financed by the millennials. I think the pre Bernie Sanders presidential preference poll in Hawaii was so overwhelming a message that enough was enough and they're not going to take it anymore. And they're looking for someone else who will change the paradigm from same old, same old. Which, I can't say I disagree with any of that. Uh, it's That message is going to resonate with young yeah. voters. Yeah. Right, how much time we got? Uh, we are down to... 
Medical aid in dying. About a minute and a half. Medical aid in dying takes a major step forward in the Hawaii legislature. The full House is going to vote on it next week. The Hawaii Senate has already advanced a bill. The bill would require confirmation by two healthcare providers of the patient's diagnosis, prognosis, medical competence, voluntariness, blah, 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 blah. We would become the fifth state, I believe, to legalize some form of medical aid in dying, also known as physician-assisted suicide. A civil beat poll in late November found that 63% of Hawaii voters supported it, 22% opposed, 9% unsure, 6% don't care. You got one minute left. Personally, I support this. I have a feeling, however, that HMSA, mainland listeners, that's our local Blue Cross Blue Shield, they'd probably mess it up. So I think if it came to that for me, I would probably just go buy a whole bunch of Chinese fentanyl online and figure it out from there. And so in rapid fire news, Larry Ellison has been found to be financing Devin Nunes. That's Larry Ellison of Bot the Island of Lanai fame. Yeah. And literal Hawaii oligarch. Literal Hawaii oligarch and person who now probably should not enter the state. Bankrolling the stupidest member of Congress. Yeah. That's good. It's great. Civil Beat announces it's eliminating its comment section because the internet is full of bad people. And I can't blame them. Not surprising. And... You got uh, 20 seconds. One, oh, hat tip. Uh, Kikoa McClellan on Instagram. Apparently, Kamehameha Schools is no longer calling their butterscotch brownie baked goods Howley brownies. Political correctness run amok. It's destroying the country. Two Howleys sitting on this couch agree. Just call them Howley brownies. It's not that silly. And that's the news in nine. Rufino, do you like alcohol? I do enjoy the taste of alcohol. Have you ever made your own alcohol? Never have made it. Why the hell not? Because I've never had a homebrew. Well, we have news for you. There's a place called Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise. 740 Moava Street. They have all the hops, all the grains, pretty much everything you're going to need to make your own beer. And it's pretty gosh darn good beer as well. Yeah. And you can get on alcohol at home. Exactly. You make your own stuff. It makes it cheaper. Yep. Uh, and if you don't like beer, you can do wine. You, you can don't do like fermented wine. foods. Yeah. Nice. Kimchi. Yeah. Natto. The Filipino people eat fermented foods, right? That's fermented big. fish, yeah. Fermented fish, We're dude. Good. You can make your own fermented fish. Bagong, it's called in Filipino. Is balut fermented? No. 16 old day egg. I don't mess that, with that stuff. That Basically fermented, yeah. Basically fermented. You can make that with stuff from Homebrew in Paradise. Head on down, 740 Mo'ova'a Street, Kalihikai. Ask for Bill. Tell him that you heard about us on the Blue Hawaii Podcast. He'll cut you a good deal. And you can learn how to make balut. We're back. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, we are debuting a new segment. What you all may not know, one thing about us, Josh and I love using the city's bike share program instituted notably by former guest of the pod friend of the pod anthony ching shout out shout out anthony ching listen to episode four four episode four no five no four. Wrote, uh four four episode four listen to episode Wait. four listen to the episode on affordable five. housing five yeah. it was five yeah shout out anthony ching Listen to episode five. You know what? Just just to be safe. Listen, listen to all of them. Listen to all of them. Listen to all of them because you could have been in any of them and we're not yeah. sure. So listen to all the episodes. Anthony Ching came up with a great idea for a program. It's a bike share program known as Bicky. And Josh and I love it. We use it all the time. We ride around. That's not true. I can barely ride a bike. He can ride a bike better than he's letting on. You're very sweet. Thank you. And Josh and I ride the bikes all over the place and we hear things. Another thing we'd want you to know, other than us liking Bicky is that while we're not the most well-connected, we hear some things. Yeah. 
and people tell us things we ride around they stop us they say hey come over here let's talk and look at these secret documents i have to show you take this flash drive we never met give it to civil beat and never call us again and basically what we're saying is we got gossip we get it while we're riding around on the bike program and we want to make a pun this is Bicky Leaks. Bicky Leaks. Yo, uh, Julian Assange, though, like, he sucks. He sucks, dude. Yeah, so, like, this is in no way an homage. I just want to clarify it. No way an homage to Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, no. all those, those folks. We don't like them. If it's an homage to anyone, it's like uh, the movie, was it The Post, where the, the lady broke the story of deep throat and watergate I, I guess given what my voice sounds like this week i'm probably deep throat was that a sex pun yes no. so hot gossip this week is that beth chapman aka mrs dog the bounty hunter is going to be on the next season of celebrity big brother Rumors. i will not watch it I never watched him in the first place. Same. Another piece of goss. This one a little juicier. Okay. I was told this week that at the prosecuting attorney's office, yeah. morale is down. I'm not shocked. This is in large part due to the indictment of high up in the office, Catherine K. Aloha. It's all facts. Look it up. It's all facts. She's been indicted. And that people are fearing that chief prosecutor, elected official... Keith Kaneshiro might be the next domino to fall, pushing morale down. Prosecutors are is already a, an extreme grind, and people are having trouble keeping keeping happy there. Hey, you know, for for folks listening who think, oh, the uh, the Mueller investigation going on in D.C. is like the only real investigation of government officials that we need to pay attention to like no we've hawaii has got plenty of its own stuff going on yeah just open up civil beat any day basically you'll see it good times now ladies and gentlemen if you have something that you'd like known via bicky leaks feel free dm us on instagram dm us on twitter email us bluehawaiipod at gmail.com all submissions are absolutely confidential we will not disclose your name up to and including the point of using journalistic protection laws to help us keep you in the in the anonymous. And unlike one Jared Kushner, we have not had our security clearances revoked, and we are not compromised by the Chinese, the Russians, the Israelis, UAE, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and several hundred million dollars of outstanding debt. Several hundred million dollars of outstanding debt. This is Bicky Leaks Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Let's go eat royal tide. Food so good it'll make you cry. I think about it every night and day. Other Thai food is just okay. Let's go eat at that store. Leave you wanting more. Let's go eat royal tide. Let's go eat. Royal Tide. Royal Tide. Ever Beach. 9706. We're back. We got some mail this week. Good po- mail. The postman always rings twice. I feel like after the Bicky Leak segment, we might get a lot of bad mail. <laughs> uh, so shout out to friend of the show, a resident Sinophile, 
Dylan Powers getting in touch. He asks us, he's, you know, graduated from high school, Hawaii, uh, has been an expat for quite a bit, lived in China, now lives in New York City. He's asking us, how is the opioid crisis in Hawaii? I remember there were problems with meth way before it spread to the mainland. That's Dylan, a great question. That's an amazing question. Thank yeah. you. So, Ryan, what'd you find? So, the opioid crisis in Hawaii, fortunately, is not as bad as it is elsewhere. There's a great article by Sean Ching of Hawaii News Now that says Hawaii is actually the 43rd worst state. So, we're actually, number one is West Virginia. That's the absolute worst. That's where people are, you know, ODing left and right. Yeah. Hawaii had 27 opioid deaths in 2000 due to overdose. And the number more than doubled as of 2016, sure. but we're still only at 60. So it's actually an incredibly low number uh, relative to our population. More importantly, the state's being really proactive. In 2017, Governor Ige allocated $10 million toward a uh, task force that's focusing primarily on education and attempting to reduce the stigma surrounding opioid use. Awesome. It's it's smart. I mean, we're not we're not criminalizing addiction. We're yeah. not making people feel like pariahs for having problems. It's focused on truly helping people divert prior to addiction ever happening. As opposed to the federal level where it seems like we're doubling down on the war on drugs. Well, because, you know, private prisons and such. Yeah. We got to keep those shareholders pockets filled. Jesus. Since 2007, though, the leading injury cause of death in Hawaii still is drug use. Huh. Nine out of 10 deaths are injury deaths are caused by drug use here. But is, a very, this, is this the person who died was on drugs or somebody with drugs caused a person to die? The person who died was on drugs. Okay. It's actually classified under poisoning as oh, the CDC okay. clarifies it. So nine out of 10 have been drug related, oh. but those drugs are primarily methamphetamines okay. or something else that we know, everybody knows we've had a big problem kids, with for years. Kids, watch Breaking Bad, just say no. We shouldn't have to say this, but please don't do meth. No batu. The government... The broader government has also been pretty proactive on this issue. Cook Cynth rice, not ice. <laughs> Cynthia Thielen, a Republican representative, has a really great article on Civil Beat where she writes about the opioid crisis and what Hawaii can do to make sure it never becomes a bigger problem here. Shout out to her. Yeah, shout out to her. And, and her shout out to former uh, her former office manager, John Foster. Ms. Thielen actually has a very enlightened view on the whole thing, especially as she is a Republican which tend to favor penalization and criminalization. She focuses on it from an economics and education perspective. She's not criminalizing addiction. She brings up the stat that it costs about $40,000 for each Hawaii hospitalization related to opioids. And every opioid related overdose costs $4,000 in regards to uh, just the emergency department visit. Wow. My personal opinion yeah. on this issue, coming from a state where the opioid crisis is pretty bad, mm -hmm. which tend to be overwhelmingly conservative states, yeah. is and notice, that and of course, per, like, capita, now per that, capita. Now that the drug crisis is affecting white people, now we have to treat it as a big public health epidemic as opposed to criminalization. Or, you know, compare that to the crack epidemic of yeah, the 80s and exactly. 90s where, you know, we just lock created up, lock up, lock mandatory up, lock minimums. Yep. And, you know, I saw a thing the other day where a guy had an ounce of crack and got 75 years in prison. Jesus. 75 years for an ounce of crack crack but now it's a public health emergency and fortunately you know this problem does cut across racial and economic lines and it will affect black as well as white as well as asian mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of people in the united states everybody loves opioids it, i mean if we if we shot up with fentanyl we'd love it too yeah so let's not do that no my opinion personally coming from a red state is that a lot of it 
a lot of the reason why Hawaii is insulated from this problem is because of our semi-socialized healthcare system. So essentially, when Ryan says semi-socialized, what he means is uh, in Hawaii, you know, going back way before Obamacare, way before Hillary Care, way before the Heritage Foundation, Mitt Romney proposed these ideas. Far back as the 70s, we had an employer-based healthcare model and a mandate to where if you had an employee, and I believe any employee working at least half-time, the employer has to, required by state law, provide them with health insurance. And it's not, it's not you know, we see on the mainland, um, Obamacare is running into trouble because some of these plans that come out don't really give you any coverage at all. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a standard, uh, compared to the, what they have to do on the mainland, the standard for the insurance they have to give you is pretty high. Deductibles are pretty low. Yeah. Premiums are pretty low because we have nearly full participation yep. in the market. And it's actually a big part of when they were negotiating the Affordable Care Act, a big part was trying to get Hawaii's exemption or making sure we, we remain exempt for our prepaid health care program. Because we already had Obamacare and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing when the when you don't have political opposition trying to undermine it and destroy it and sabotage it at every turn. How easy it is to actually get How easy near to... universal coverage. Yeah. Yeah. My friends on the mainland who are listening, shout out to all of you. Something that you may not know is that while things are typically very expensive in Hawaii, it's probably 30% markup, my health insurance relative to what you're paying in Alabama is probably about a third. Frequently, it, it's not uncommon for people to pay, you know, 75 bucks a month for healthcare with a $5 copay anytime you go to the office or a doctor's office and no out-of-pocket minimums. I mean, the health insurance here is amazing. And we want everybody in, America, in this great country to have the same health insurance we do, which is why we support Medicare for All. And... To bring all of this back to the opioid crisis, because we have a high participation, near full participation medical insurance market, it disincentivizes what is going on in the southern United States, which in the conservative states generally, which have pushed back against near universal coverage. What's happening there is that doctors feel a squeeze for efficiency. They feel a squeeze to move people through the office, to get as many visits in as they can, to get as much copays as they can, to get as many you know insurance reimbursements as they can, because they're being squeezed constantly, if not by the insurers themselves, who, while HMSA does a great job, Blue Cross generally sucks, and most health insurance companies are awful. Shout out HMSA. Shout out HMSA for doing a good job. We, we do appreciate, even if we do have to essentially rope you into it and give you no freedom and you have to follow our laws. And uh, you should follow our laws because for-profit health insurance is fundamentally immoral. So the crux of the issue is in southern states and conservative states generally, because there's less government support and political will for uh, socialized medicine, it puts doctors in a weird position where they need to do something so that the insurance company will reimburse them for the time that they're spending with you. And so I think what they're doing is they're they're seeing people in five minutes to say, hey, what's going on? People go, oh, I'm hurting. And they say, oh, I've got just the thing. Yep. And basically they're squeezed. It's not something they're doing because they're an evil, you know, lecherous breed of people. Some of them are. Some of them have to be, but you know, that's law of averages. And the people themselves, you know, they're taking something that they think will help them with their pain. And then before they know it, they can't live without it. So hopefully the solution to all this is let's adopt a smarter a more efficient and a more universal healthcare system that's going to de-emphasize the role of, you know, symptom treatment and emphasize preventative care, emphasize uh, holistic care, and move us away from, you know, the oh, I've got a pill for this, I've got a pill for that paradigm that we're currently living in. Shout out, Dylan. Great question. Thank you. Mailbag. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are very excited to have in the studio with us this morning. Our friend, Rufino Dan Magliba. 
Let me tell you a little about him. Rufino was born and raised in Waimanalo, Hawaii. After graduating from Kailua High School, all hail, our second graduate of the uh, esteemed, esteemed Kailua High yeah. School. Yeah. yeah. Go Surfriders. Surfriders. Uh, and the University of Hawaii, West Oahu. Rufino moved to Washington, D.C., where he worked for three members of Hawaii's congressional delegation, Senator Daniel Inoy, Congresswoman Colleen Hanabusa, and Congressman Mark Takai. He also previously served as Director of Individual Development for the Honolulu Filipino Junior Chamber of Commerce. Rufino now works for the Alaka'ina Foundation, advocating for Hawaii's youth to pursue higher education through leadership and post-secondary college career readiness opportunities. According to their website, www.alaka'ina.org, everybody go check it out, the goal of the Alaka'ina is to ensure that the young men and women of Hawaii have the skills and competencies they need to be effective leaders. Alaka'ina is making this a reality by developing innovative educational programs that combine leadership, science and technology, and environmental stewardship. Rafino. Aloha, Josh. Welcome to the show, brother. Aloha, friend. Aloha. One thing that I also wanted to tell you, do you remember the movie Hook? Rufi, oh, Rufino. Rufino. You, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've never heard that joke before. Never. I actually met the guy in DC at no, a White didn't. House API conference. What's yes. that guy's name? Uh, shoot, I only know as Zuko from Zuko. Shout out Zuko. Shout out Zuko. If you're listening, not Zika, Zuko. No, not Zika. Rufino, Rufino, <laughs> Rufino. So, so obviously in Hawaii, we watch the news. We watch the national news. DC, den of snakes and vipers. Wild ass place. Wild. So how does a how does a young man get from Waimanalo to Washington? How did, UH. T- yeah. UH okay. actually took me there. Tell us about tell us about that. Okay, so graduated two thousand and ten. I uh, was attending UH West Oahu. I uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then I started getting involved in the community and I met Senator Inouye and Senator Akaka at different events in the community, heard them talk, and then having people tell me about an internship in their office. So it was my last year at UH West Oahu. I needed to do a senior practicum, mm-hmm. and they didn't have an internship in D.C. So what I did was I went to talk to the counselor uh, and the vice chancellor about creating a program that I could take in D.C. So I applied for the internship in Akaka and Inouye's office. I I got the internship in Senator Inouye's office, unpaid, Yeah, and I asked the chancellor if I could turn that internship into a class, get an advisor, uh, get funding for it, so they agreed with it. So this program kind of already exists at UH Manoa, but you had to make your own. Yeah, so it, I took the what they had at Manoa, and I yeah. just basically changed it to, instead of state capital internship, in dc that's, that's awesome. awesome yeah so and that's what led me there yeah and i stayed and how long were you up there for total six years okay so what oh. kind of st- what kind of stuff did you do everything you it, from that's, uh, six years that's like that's, that's a full senator term what is that that's like 600 no it's 300 anthony scaramucci's <laughs> ten, 10 days <laughs> he's, yeah he's trying to get his job back i hear <laughs> that guy yeah but anyway, so um so yeah so what what'd you do i st- Started giving tours, answering the phones, writing legislative correspondences, helping out the legislative aides on policy, reaching out to different constituents on issues that they had, so casework, Mm -hmm. and then becoming the executive assistant to a few members where you would have to help them with their agenda, 
everything from preparing notes for committee meetings to setting up and facilitating meetings with the community and you know just basically bringing people together to make sure that the congresswoman's shared values congresswoman congressman senator mm -hmm. their values resonates with the community so yeah that in a nutshell everything so everything whatever basically whatever the boss whatever the boss or bosses boss. need absolutely so yeah you know getting up there you've come all the way from oahu what do you tell what did you tell your friends and family when you're up there and like what do you tell people now how is it obviously it's totally different than honolulu but how exactly is it different well for starters uh the pace of how people walk i mean you you know you, you take the escalator and you have to stand on the right side and walk on the left I mean, you don't do that in yeah. ala moana and honolulu and if, if people like will stare daggers at you if you're not moving fast enough. right yeah so the the culture you have to be more i guess I don't say forceful, but more assertive. Assertive, go, go, go. Yeah, very. Yeah, and that's not what we were taught back home. You no. know, aloha, everybody. Put your head down. Yeah, I I'm curious. You know, because the cultures are so different, because Hawaii is so laid back, and uh, our pace of life here is so different, and we're we're so remote that people can't sort of diffuse that DC pace into Hawaii, like how does the Hawaii delegation, how is it received by people in DC? How do we interact with people? What's our, what's our reputation? Our reputation here? In DC. Oh, in DC. I mean, they love the Hawaii delegation. It, it's the, the delegation that brings people together. I mean, we have chocolate diplomacy when we go to meetings, I guess you can, it's ethical. In, in, in chocolate city, chocolate, right. chocolate diplomacy, chocolate city. Absolutely. Perfect. You bring all the Mac nuts and everything. And this, yes, yes, you have to, you have to, um, you, you go to staff meetings with other congressional delegation offices and they're very split, but I noticed with the staff in the Hawaii delegation, they all tried to work together because, you know, we're, we're a small state and I think other people in the different committees saw that and took a liking to it and they would work with us easier. We could reach across the aisle easier, I, I believe with the staff anyway, Cool. because of that I guess that aloha, you know, that it's just something about people from Hawaii. There's, there's that aloha that we share. We can kind of adapt to what other people are doing and kind of like have that critical thinking and take away from what, you know, they're trying to get at. So we kind of, we, we don't, we don't forcefully get into what yeah. their issues are, but you know, we find that, that reasoning and then we, oh, you know, Hey, this is something that we do in Hawaii as well. And then, I mean, look at Don Young, for example, great yeah. friend to Hawaii, you know, Hardcore Republican out there in Alaska, but says some crazy ass stuff. Yeah, crazy stuff. But he has plenty of aloha for Hawaii, and you know he, he can reach across. So. His influence matters. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious about this as well. You made it to DC as a public school kid. We've talked about this in previous episodes, and it had to get cut for time. But the trajectory that you can achieve, the trajectory that you're put on in Hawaii, depends radically on whether you're a public school private school can you speak to that being you know kailua grad you didn't go to punahou you didn't go to you know kamehameha iolani wherever and you don't have those like built-in like you're not you didn't go yeah. to a kingmaker school like i know there's you know there's like there's iolani alumni groups in dc new york city san francisco la is... I, I can't imagine the surf riders have too many no but we're gonna start one all hail baby <laughs> yeah. all hail yeah no uh yeah i i didn't have that network of uh, people I graduated with from high school, like Kamehameha and Punahou and 
the private schools in DC. So what I did was I reached out to other Hawaii kids out there and kind of used that to find common ground and you know discuss issues and policy. It felt kind of felt kind of shitty, you know, yeah, because yeah. I didn't have that network of you know people would leave and go with their with their school groups and I I couldn't do that. But I I didn't see it as a disadvantage. I you know you you grew up tough skin, so you just you just did it. You just went out and aloha everybody. Yeah. You know. Can you speak generally? I mean, we have a lot of listeners who aren't private school kids, like who are from public schools. Who maybe they have kids that are going to public schools, and this kind of dovetails into what you're going to talk about later with what you're currently working on. If somebody has a kid in that position. What's your recommendation? I mean, how do you how do you go from Waimanalo to Washington? What does that what does that path look like? How do you get there? Honestly, that that's it starts at home. It starts with the parents. It starts with the parents getting involved. I, I have a lot of friends that went to public school that are doing great things, uh, but they had the community around them to you know get them to different classes to help with you know their education and involving them in the community, going out to different events. Uh, you know, it, it really is, it, it takes a, a village and I, I had that. And so that's, I guess, what set me aside from other public school graduates. I had a bunch of people in the community, friends, family that, you know, would help me and guide me, not just my parents. So that I, that's what I, I guess is different. And I, I think we need to start doing that more. Public school parents, you know, get your kids involved, introduce them and, in, you know, to the culture and Go to the Bond Dance and go to, you know, Kapiolani Park when they have the free events. Learn about different things. Log on to the HPR calendar and go and check out the free community events. Shout, Shout out HPR. Derek Malama. Give us a show. Give us a show. Give community us a show. Community calendar. <laughs> Shout uh, out HPR. Oh, you as know, <laughs> the Dawson Institute teaching us Hawaiian language. Yeah. So you were up there. You were up there in D.C. and you came back pre-November 8th, 2016. You were, the whole time you were up there. Uncle Barry was in the White House. Democrats run the show. Uh, you were up there. You know, Congress flipped, but the Democrats still basically ran things. You knew all the the hot spots, the bars, all the you know all the stories about the dumbass interns. How do you think? How do you think it's changed now in this post in this new in this brave new world as a city just to live in? People have to the interns anyway have to be more cautious about what they do and what they say because. I guess social media now and it's yeah social media wasn't that intense uh, we didn't have snapchat so people couldn't take quick videos of people and have it housed in a, a drive somewhere but yeah it I felt like I had a bunch of fun out there I didn't have people taking pictures of me or you know I, I felt a little bit more free now somebody's always watching you and you know they want to use it against you I had a bunch of friends that were interns in Republican offices. Mm -hmm. I, I, one of my best buddies, Jesse Von Stein, works for Don Young. Republican. Shout out Jesse. Keep Jesse. Jesse Von Stein. Listen, uh, he like, tag, share, baby. Taught him how to use a rice cooker, musubi maker. But, I mean, we won't we, ask him why he hates poor people. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, why? No, um, but we had that. You know, he, he was from North Carolina, plenty Aloha. You know, that Southern hospitality. We clicked and met his friends in the same way but now i i, I don't know it, it's different mm -hmm. you know I, I went in april um of last year and you had to you had to be cautious like staffers were telling oh this is a we can't go into that bar because you know 
we don't want to be heard talking about different things. George Papadopoulos. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why? What? Uh, That's crazy. Uh, you know, before I moved back to Hawaii, I was I traveled a lot for work, and probably forty percent of my trips were to DC or DC area, DC metro, and I felt like when Trump came in office, uh, or not even when he came in office, when he was when he won, I was actually in DC the very next day, and it was like the sheen, the the innocence of the yeah. city had died. Like it was like a, a cloud had settled over DC. Like people to one, but to to say that DC was an innocent city. What shred of innocence it may have <laughs> so had. So tragic. Yeah. Like it it was it was almost like uh it was almost like somebody had died. The I luster mean, was, like, gone. There was a, uh no spring in the step of people walking around. And, and wasn't it like rainy and cloudy too? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was cold. I mean it DC was, DC voted against Trump like what, like ninety eight percent or right. like ninety one percent or something? Yeah, yeah it so. was it was like a it was like a walking nightmare. Yeah. I mean it was people hated it. The only place bluer than Hawaii. I, I could not imagine. I mean DC is so blue, yeah. you know. And coming from Hawaii, I fit right in when I, I got there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I could not imagine what that feels like. So let's flip the script on DC. Uh, so you came back to Hawaii. Now for our mainland listeners, people who don't know what Waimanalo is like, the same way you told us, to, same way you tell us about DC. Tell us, tell us about where you come from. It's the land of Bumpy Kanahele. 96795. Uh, and if you don't know who Bumpy is, go look him up. You know, Sovereign Nation. And they all can live together in Waimanalo. We have Hawaiian homestand, Hawaiian sovereign land, low-income housing, agriculture, farm. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a community that you, I feel safe over there. Um, some people don't because they think they're going to get beat up, but just just don't forget to shaka, you know? Yeah. Just show aloha and you're good. No act. That's yeah, the no best act. advice I ever got from somebody who's a close friend of ours, family is frequently accused of being Hawaiian mafia. It was, if you're ever a Holly in a weird situation, just look around, smile, throw the shaka, and just like walk confidently. Yep, yep. absolutely. It works like a charm, man. It does. And just be very respectful. Yeah. And like, if you're nice to people, people are typically nice to you. Don't talk shit. Yep, absolutely. Talk, talk shit, get hit. So tell us, I mean, what are you up to these days? So you're, you're Paul DC, you're back home in Hawaii, uh, you're not working in Congress anymore. What are you working on? So I'm working for a Native Hawaiian foundation, uh, Alakaina Foundation. We um, have programs to help with Hawaii's youth in STEM. We have scholarships that we give out. Uh, we have a $1 million endowment scholarship with wow. Shamanad and Kamehameha Schools awesome. to get more Native Hawaiian students um, to college. Maui Molokai has two mobile science labs that the teachers use to fulfill the Hawaii content standards in STEM. And we provide the students, no charge to the schools, a bus where there's Wi-Fi, laptops. The kids go out to the different watersheds and they learn about water runoff and they become stewards of the land, basically. We teach them how to observe. And so like if there's water runoff coming off from like maybe 20 feet away, what, what why is that happening? The soil samples, we, we and this bus has all of this stuff and we teach them about the ahapua'a, the land division. So we kind of put Hawaiian culture awesome. um, with with the STEM. And we've graduated a, over 20,000 students um, wow. on Maui Molokai. Yeah. Wow. Especially, you know, uh, neighbor islands, Maui Molokai. Can you talk a little bit about how the, the different challenges they face compared to Oahu? So bigger Native Hawaiian 
population out there, they they don't have the technology that we have here. I mean, it takes so for Maui and Molokai, Molokai anyway. They have they they have a, like a couple general stores, and they have to fly to Maui or take the the boat to Maui to go shopping. You know, to go to Costco medical care. They have to come to Honolulu or Maui for medical care. So it's 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 like stepping back in time out there when you go out there. But these kids are driven. They want to learn. And when we provide this technology, you know that it, it feels good. And that's that's where I am today. I. I, I'm at a place where the work I do feels good and you know I I see it at the Hoike. Hoike is a an end event we have um in May where the students teach the community what they learned. Wow. And cool. I mean it just seeing that, you know, you you made a difference and that's that's what I've always wanted to do and so I think I'm there. Right on. It's awesome, dude. Tell us a little bit about what we're looking at on this big TV. We're, listeners, we'll have everything up on uh, Instagram and Facebook later, so we're not going to get too much into this because we'll have a separate bonus video. Actually, we want to provide schools with this size TV. For the Six 55 of them. inch TV? Yep. Now, now I feel like my TV is too big. I'm like, <laughs> I've got a TV fit for an entire classroom of people. Well, it's not necessarily going to go in the classroom. It's going to go in the hallway, um, in the hallways yeah. um, where okay. high traffic uh, in the library, in okay, the cafeteria. Cool. All right, yeah. Cool. So perfect size TV. Oh, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Size oh, matters, everybody. Bottom ticker: number one, Iolani eight; number four, St. Louis four. So that's a, baseball. That's a live uh, Twitter feed from the Department of Education. Oh, cool. Go Raiders! No koi, baby. Yeah. So basically, what we're seeing is. The screen's divided into three segments. One of them is the Pearl City Chargers with their logo. The bottom is a scrolling Twitter feed. And Shout out Kyle Mark Takai, Pearl City Chargers. Pro, yeah. Uh, Congressman Mark Takai, the late, great Congressman Mark Takai. RIP Mark Takai. Ashley Loa, our, one of our uh, first guests and favorite guests. Fan favorite. Yeah. Alum of Pearl City. And uh, the top right portion of the screen is what? Uh, so this is where we would showcase to the students everything from scholarship opportunities uh internship opportunities who your counselor is so that the schools can tailor it to what they have there what what trades their the students are interested in so and it's basically like a like a rolling news channel a, di- a digital bulletin board and so who in the liberal media funds this george soros is george soros funding these boards nobody it's funny. We're trying to actually. That is what you would say. <laughs> You're terrible, Josh. Soros got to him. Yep. No, uh, we actually were gonna try to fund this from our foundation to get it in to the schools and then have the students. So, at public schools, they you know they have fundraisers and whatnot. You know, they sell candy for for their for their sports. Bake so sales for everything. Bake sales for everything. Yep. So. We, Shout out Safeway Kapuhulu for always having people trying to sell you stuff when you walk Girl in. Girl Scout cookies. Amen. One time I saw a kid go in at Safeway Kapuhulu. He bought a package of Little Debbies and then he immediately went outside Flip and it. flipped them. Entrepreneur. I was like, Gee, this kid is such a hustler. Dude. And he sold them. He sold all of them. You know who hustles hard? Safeway Kapuhulu. Shout out to you. Is all the, the like girls soccer teams. Like the, yeah. the Honolulu Bulls. Like they're yeah. there. I don't know. Is there anywhere else that they do fundraising at? Because they seem to be there. Constantly. Whatever's working. They might as well put them on payroll. So interesting you say that because we want to get the students to start. I, I This word is bad in the DOE advertising. You're not supposed to advertise, but yeah, yet right. they... Promoting. Adver- promoting right. You can't, maybe. You can't promote. A, yeah. You yeah. can't even promote yeah. because it's... Informing. 
Yeah. Informing, right. raising awareness. Knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's definitions in the Department of Education that we can't use to advertise and promote to the students. You yeah. would never do such a thing. Absolutely no. not. Our precious young minds need to be protected. They need not be advertised to. No. Oh, te- tell me about uh, the Henry Kualoha Juni Moving Image Archive of Hawaii. That just popped up on the screen. What so is this? this is a small clip that we have up here. The University of Hawaii West Oahu has an archives. And it has archives from um, Henry Juni's daughter, actually. She compiles all of them, Heather Juni. And everything from Don Ho singing to just clips and photos and documentaries from back in the day, you know, to to keep in house for the future generation to learn. So stuff like that. We're, we're, we're taking stuff from the community, showcasing it to the students, and they can learn about it. For, for another one is when the the school dances up you know they're walking to class and this pops up oh don't forget your you know to buy your school dance ticket and then there's like a qr code they can scan it save it and then go to class next level that's cool. right next level stuff so, dance this friday gym 7 p.m you know so like what is the the overall goal for this is it just to help kids be a little bit more plugged in is it to like inform them generally. I mean, what is our what's our overarching goal with with this all of course? that? Yeah, and one and we want this time. in every every public school, every public school. Awesome, yeah. cool. So, but the bigger thing is the Every Student Succeeds Act had was a law written uh, during President Obama's time that they tried to repeal. They they wanted something that you can reach out to all the students. So this is also for a safety measure. What happened in Parkland? Yeah. The teacher who's controlling this from a remote location because it's all connected to Wi-Fi can go in, put an alert and say shelter in place, yeah. you know, seek high ground if there's a tsunami missile alert, you know, something. Oh, that but could, I mean, that could be missile useful. alert. What are you talking about? Now, why, Crazy. Now, my question is, why are we funding this when we should be funding guns for all our teachers? Beats me. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anymore, you know. Uh, okay. Oh man! So if if people wanna if people wanna learn more if people wanna help out donate get involved where do they where do they go? Reach out to me, Armagliba at alakaina dot com. We can talk. Can you story. spell that please? Because our mainland listeners probably don't know how to use Hawaiian words. It's also a Filipino word. Actually, nope. You're right. There's a there's a Hawaiian and Filipino words. Yeah. Right. So R M A G L I B Bravo Alpha at alakaina A L A K A I N A dot com email me and we can talk story rufino uh as any good filipino mom would ask you are you okay with gallivanting into our (laughs) shout out segment with us i'm okay with that okay isis blue hawaii blue hawaii Hawaii. shout out shout outs shout out to the conservative activist group turning point usa also known as tp usa also known as toilet paper usa for owning the libs by wearing diapers in public. Uh, I'm gonna quote- triggered me so hard. So triggered. I'm gonna quote uh, Emily Sugarman writing for The Independent because you wouldn't believe me if I just told you this story. Quote, one of America's most prominent conservative youth organizations has been engaged for months in a bitter internal fight over a university student wearing a baby's diaper. Turning Point USA, the nonprofit founded by conservative activist Charlie Kirk and funded by a roster of Republican megadonors, is known for the performative stunts it uses to recruit new members on campus. Among other things, they have created a, quote, Professor Wit- Watch List. Professor Witch List is probably also okay. Professor, yeah, for teachers who they claim discriminate against conservatives. 
an invited right-wing provocateur and child pedophilia enthusiast Milo Yiannopoulos to speak on college campuses. However, it was free speech week at Kent State University last October. Not that Kent State has ever really been in the news for good things, uh, which featured one student dressed in a diaper sucking on a pacifier and a playpen that brought the group mass attention. Just this month, the president and campus coordinator for TPUSA at Kent State University, Caitlin Bennett, announced her resignation, claiming the national organization had lied about the incident to the press and left her to clean up the fallout on her own. Conservatives would never do that, though. During their conversation, Ms. Bennett says she told TPUSA Chief Operational Officer Tyler Bowyer that the diaper incident was inappropriate because, quote, it gave the left a lot of ammo to take these pictures and make memes out of them. It's not funny, Miss Bennett said the CEO told her. Nothing about this is funny. Now every time Charlie Kirk tweets, they tweet back pictures of him in a diaper. Turning Point USA was founded by Charlie Kirk in 2012 with the help of wealthy conservative donors like Richard and Helen DeVos, who, as you can probably guess, are related to Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, who is also moonlighting as a demon from hell. Their organization covers a thousand campuses and they employ more than 100 full-time staff. It's amazing what your student organization can do when it's not actually run by students and entirely funded by dark money Republican operatives. Also shout out to friend of the show and Blue Hawaii podcast chief legal counsel, Mike Dunford, who did a Skype interview with KITV this week because he was apparently the most recent person to do any research on the Hawaiian rock wallabies than a few have turned up in populated areas in the last few weeks, including a little guy who is resting up after receiving treatment at the Honolulu Zoo. This is one of many stories Mike will tell you about his very interesting and varied past lives. Shout out, Mike. Love you, bro. Uh, shout out to NBA legend J.R. Smith, also known as J.R. Swish, who was suspended for throwing a bowl of soup at one of his assistant coaches. As the internet made me well aware after the Cavs won the championship uh, with J.R. Smith's erratic shooting, somebody said, if they don't love you at your J.R. Smith, they don't deserve you at your J.R. Smith. Shout out to Scarlett Honolulu for helping the dance cages from Rumors Nightclub find their forever home. Club hoppers who said goodbye to rumors in January can say hello again to the popular dancing cages at its new location, Scarlet Honolulu. Scarlet purchased the two cages for 500 bucks at an auction of old rumors items, and the rumors nightclub sign sold for 100 You know, I would actually think the cages would go for more than 500 bucks. I Like, those things were so popular. Like, every person over the age of 60 danced in those cages. And we- a lot of people under the age of 60. <laughs> Looking at you, Nick Cornitzer and Josh Michaels. Whoops, guilty. Uh, we want to take a second to spend an extra special shout out and prayers up to Rick Ross, Ross. The, the biggest boss, Ross, Port of Miami, hospitalized after being found unresponsive in his Florida home. Get well soon. Bless up, Rick. Oh. All right. Rufino, you got any shout outs this week? Yep. Shout out to Joe Takuda and the Paid Family Leave Act. Ooh. Shout out. People read about it, learn about it. It's important. Very. We need paid family leave. It's hard out there in these streets. It is. All right. Restaurant picks. Restaurant picks of the week. What so, you got, Josh? So special shout out to this restaurant and rest in peace, Colin Nishida, local legend, chef and owner of Side Street Inn, Kakako. Best fried rice. Best everything. And anywhere, maybe. Uh, I can't do this justice, so I'll quote Betty Shimabukuro writing in the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Nishida opened the original Side Street on Hopaka Street in Kakaako in 1992. In a 99 interview at the Honolulu Star Bulletin, he said his aim had been, build a local bar with good food, good service, a safe bar where women and men could come in. Not a hostess bar, not really a man's bar, not really a woman's bar. Side Street Inn caught on as a late night hangout for chefs and its reputation for food 
as well as drink, grew. So my recommendation, if you want to honor Colin and go get some good dang food, uh, everything is family style. Bring your friends with the biggest appetites. You should get the fried rice, the pan-fried island pork chops, and the fried pound cake a la mode for dessert. If you're noticing a theme, most of it is fried. But you could also get a salad if you're into that sort of thing. I'd also like to append a uh, qu- uh, quote to the uh, shout out for Side Street Inn. Alan Wong of Alan Wong's fame uh, said that whenever he has guests in from Honolulu and they want to know what is good Hawaii food, what do we eat, he takes them all to Side Street Inn. That's legit. That's about as legit as it gets. Yeah. Our most famous chef. Seal of approval. Rufino, restaurant? Odorico on Kapiolani. Silken tofu salad, unagi don, seafood shooter, and a cheap kid in beer tower. What kind of price are we talking there? Lunchtime, $2 signs on okay. Yelp, and okay. between 2 and 3 for dinner. Okay, so it's okay. like a nice place. It won't break the bank, though. Not break the good, bank. Good for date night? Great for date night. Perfect. Have local music playing sometimes. Check out their website. Good stuff. How do we get there? Right on Kapiolani in between Papa John's and 24-Hour Fitness. If you drive too fast, you'll miss it. Boom. My shout out, restaurant shout out this week is Sprout in Kaimuki. Uh, we don't have a lot of delis here in Hawaii. And the ones we have are, you know, so-so. Sprout breaks the mold. You go in there, get the fawns. That's what I get. It's an Italian style sandwich. It's got salami. Hey. It's, got, it's got vegetables. It's got lots of onions, which I love. It's got a nice tapenade on it. I think it's like 10, 11 bucks for that sandwich. But it's really big. It's going to keep you full all day. Great location, great service. Don't miss them because I think they are only open around lunchtime, but can't recommend them highly enough. Did you punch the jukebox to make the music play? You have to. They won't let you in if you don't. Nice. And as always, shout out Homebrew in Paradise. They've got the best ingredients. They've got the best equipment. They've got the best people, the best knowledge. Go on down there if you're interested in learning more about brewing your own beer, making your own wine, creating your own fermented foods. Talk to Bill Sumrow, Chris Cook. These guys are great wealths of knowledge, and they love what they do. They love their customers. They love to help people. Go down there. Tell them you heard about them on the Blue Hawaii podcast. They'll give you a sweet deal. And again, shout out, as always, one more time. Royal Thai Garden, Eva Beach, best Thai food, best lotion food in Hawaii. Mention us. Tell them we sent you. 20% off, baby. 20% off. 20%. And 96706, that's you, John Yoshimura, Peter Boylan. Go there. Eat. Tell them we sent you. And as always, shout out to our esteemed guest, Mr. Rufino Magliba. If you want to get in touch with him, his email is rmagliba at alakaina.com. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.